0: our busy lives get in the way of pursuing a relationship with Jesus. We're just busy, and if we're going to push something aside, the unfortunate reality is if we don't see our desperate need for God, we're not going to run to Him in His Word.
1: Welcome to Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. TODAY, IF YOU'VE ALWAYS WANTED TO READ THROUGH THE ENTIRE BIBLE IN A YEAR, YOU HAVE A FRIEND IN TRILLIA NEWBELL. SHE'S WRITTEN 52 WEEKS IN THE WORD, A COMPANION FOR READING THROUGH THE BIBLE IN A YEAR.
2: AND MAYBE YOU HAVE TRIED THIS IN THE PAST AND YOU GOT BOGGED DOWN IN LEVITICUS OR DEUTERONOMY. (laughs) DON'T MISS THE CONVERSATION WITH TRILLIA STRAIGHT AHEAD. YOU CAN FIND OUT ABOUT OUR FEATURED RESOURCE AT BUILDINGRELATIONSHIPS.US. AND, GARY, READING THE BIBLE, THE ENTIRETY OF THE BIBLE. Tell us uh, of your journey. What comes to mind?
3: Well, the first thing I think about is my mother. Hmm. Uh, She was in her uh, early 80s, and her pastor challenged them to read the Bible, you know, through the whole year. Well, she finished it uh, by the middle of April. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and I said, Mama, why'd you read it so fast? And she said, well, I got to work in my garden. She said, so I, I knew I wouldn't have time. <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I have, uh, you know, read the, the, the whole Bible, you know, through like that. What I do now in my personal devotional time is I read a chapter every morning and I just go through the whole Bible, Obviously, you can't do. It'll take longer than a year to do that. Right. But I, I take one version of the Bible. And I just started Genesis, and and that's my devotional time—Genesis one, then Genesis two, and right on through the whole Bible. So it takes you a long time to get through that. But I'm am reading it, you know, as a time just to listen to God and talk to God, uh, just a little personal time. I call it a sit down and listen time with God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what we're going to talk about today, I'm really excited about because it is a it is a plan—not uh, just to read the Bible in a, in a year, but also uh, to <laughs> dig into it, you know, and study it and and hear God's voice and see your life change. And so, yeah, this is going to be a good discussion.
2: I'm going to love talking with Trillia Newbell. She is the author of several books, including A Great Cloud of Witnesses, If God is for Us, Fear and Faith, and several children's books as well. When she isn't writing, she's encouraging and supporting other writers as an acquisitions director at Moody Publishers. Trillia is married to her best friend, Thern, and they live with her two children in or uh, near Nashville, Tennessee. Today's resource, featured at buildingrelationships.us, is 52 Weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. Again, go to buildingrelationships.us. Well, Trillia, welcome to Building Relationships.
3: And uh, let's hear a little bit about your story first. Who is Trillia Newbell?
0: Um well it's an honor to be here and to talk to you guys and to talk about 52 weeks in the word. You know, who is Trillia is such a funny question. I'm like, who am I? Uh, <laughs> I um became a Christian at the age of 22 and so I'm really grateful that someone shared the gospel with me and um And I was a young adult and and heading to graduate school when I submitted my life to the Lord. And and I am also, um, besides a Christian and lover of Jesus and follower of Him, I'm a wife of Thern, which you all already mentioned, and a mother to two beautiful teenagers, which I love, and um, and yeah, and I write and speak. So my journey really did start um, at the age of 22, and from there I realized I didn't know anything and I, at all, and wanted to know God, wanted to know this this. Person that I just gave my life to, and so I started reading the Word and grabbed all sorts of theology books and just read, 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 read. (laughs) And one of the things that I've learned on my journey is that I'm never going to stop learning, and that Mm. is why um, I'm just really excited about this book, but also um, grateful for His Word. I will will not exhaust um, growing and understanding or under the knowledge of Him, who He is, and so that's it's a joy.
3: Well, we're excited that you're here and glad you put the time into writing this book uh, because I agree with you. You know, it's exciting to see people read the scriptures, listening to the voice of God. And you're right. When we become a true Christian, there's a hunger. There's a desire. Let me learn. Let me learn. And, uh, of course, reading through the scriptures is a part of that process. Have you seen people whose lives have really been changed deeply through the power of reading the Bible?
0: Yes. Well, I'll start with my own. I I really didn't understand. I didn't understand the gospel. I until I I read Ephesians two, for example. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, but a gift of God, so that no one can boast. So, so I wouldn't know that fully. Of course, someone shared that with me, but then when I read it and I saw, oh, this is God breathed. This is true. This is unchanging truth. Um that is, it transformed everything. It helped me understand things like there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I understand who... God's character, his faithfulness, understand that draw, God draws near to the brokenhearted. So for me, it's been transformative to get in God's word and and be grounded in the truth, especially when there's so many lies in, in the culture mm. and lies in the world that are telling you something different. Um, yeah. And so to have that grounding in God's truth has transformed my own personal life. But I've also seen it in the lives of um Of people i've discipled uh and and we they they've never read the word and they start reading the gospels for example maybe they read mark for the first time and reading how jesus walked and interacted with other people is 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 It's really wonderful to see that light bulb go go off about the character and nature of Christ. And then, um, and and of course, I've uh, seen it in other people who I um, watched them disciple other people and, and, and how people have come to know the Lord and salvation through just reading the Bible. Um, So yeah, the Bible transforms. It's powerful, the gospel is powerful. And so I've seen it, I've experienced it, and I believe that God has something, um, and and His his word won't return void, that He's gonna be powerful. He will work powerfully through it.
3: You know, I think uh, the Bible is unlike any other book in the world your books and mine truly <laughs> 100% <laughs> because it is the word from God and he is speaking to us and has been speaking you know through that book for many many years. Well you know it was interesting to me that a recent study by Lifeway Resources noted that Americans are generally fond of the Bible they they respect the Bible but they really don't read the Bible very much. Why do you why do you think that is?
0: there's a, this saying I say I'm in, I'm in the south and Gary you are as well and and I I have a saying that we can be culturally Christian spiritually dead <laughs> so mm-hmm. we can know a lot about Jesus without knowing him yeah. and so I think often what happens is is that culturally it's acceptable we go to church and um at, at least where I am and and though of course the culture's changing and that's not as um it's not as that's not the norm as much increasingly but and so we can have bibles in our our home because it's what we we do what we've been used to having we have it's almost like a a, a trophy is not the right word but like a, a a gift but that we don't pick up and so i think part of the reason is um that we don't see our, our need for it, a need for Him ultimately. Now that's, that's me being pretty corrective, that I think that that's part of it. I do yeah. think that another part is that we're, we lack discipleship, and that people, they, they maybe are used to being taught the Word, but not they aren't used to reading it for themselves, mm-hmm. like grabbing the Bible and reading. I also think that it can just feel daunting. And I think we all can feel that at times, where you're, you you know that the Bible ex- that, that exists and that it's God's word and that you should read it to know Him, but it just feels like overwhelming. Where do I even begin? And so I do think that there's a few elements that are 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 going on there, a few reasons that keep people from reading their word. But I I have to say I do believe that one of the the hardest things for us to overcome is that there's just a we're busy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and there is our busy lives get in the way of pursuing um, a relationship with Jesus, and so mm-hmm. that I think is also a reason for our neglect is that we're just busy, and if we're going to push something aside, the unfortunate reality is if we don't see our desperate need for God, and we're not
1: going to run to Him. And we're not going to run to him in his word. Today on Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, we're talking with author Trillian Newbell. Our featured resource is her book, 52 Weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. You can find out more at buildingrelationships.us. That's buildingrelationships.us.
3: Trilla, what's the difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible? And what are the benefits of both of those?
0: Yes, I absolutely love this question because there is a difference except for you can't study without reading. (laughs) So Hmm. you have to read the Bible. And one of the things that I realized, um, I write Bible studies, I want people to dive deep and study the Bible. But one of the things that I would get feedback from is that people would say, goodness, there's a whole lot of Bible reading in this (laughs) studying." (laughs) <laughs> and and they were there was a this overwhelming uh, you know oh i have to read so much to because i would encourage people for example um i have a bible study on romans 8 and i would encourage them hey read all of romans and then let's study romans 8 so that you can get the mm-hmm. full context so which answers that question to some degree reading is it helps us understand um the context it helps us understand who God is, it helps us understand the storyline of scripture and that it's all connected. So we really want to read through the scriptures and it's going to help us as we study. Now studying, you're going to dive deep. You're going to observe, you're going to interpret, and you're going to apply. You're going to look at the scriptures and dig deeper. You're going to ask questions of the text and cross-reference and look for the context and the why behind it and who who's the reader and why is what is it for like what what's the intent of the writer for this particular context and then you're going to apply the word and so that's a that's a deeper um dive into the scriptures of course when you're reading you're also going to you're going to be able to do some of those things because you're you're reading and the lord he may by his spirit um illuminate the scriptures to you, help you understand them and apply them to your life, even through just reading. You're not trying to study, but God does that because his word is powerful. But there are going to be also times when you're reading through a list of genealogies and you just read the names. (laughs) And so you're not necessarily (laughs) connecting all those dots. Well, if you were studying it, you might then go look up the, the name and cross reference and find out who this person is and how they're connected to Jesus, for example. So mm-hmm. those are those are the differences there. But it is of utmost importance that we do both. Um, yeah. it, we really want to make sure that we get into the habit of reading the word and not just allowing um, someone to tell us what it means or, or or only search out certain texts for study. I think if we're going to really gain an understanding of context, we've got to read broadly, read the Word.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen this uh, through the years, and perhaps you have too. People are challenged to read through the Bible, you know, sometimes read through the Bible in a year. And so they start, but a few weeks or months into this, you know, they, they miss a day. And, and then they Feel guilty for missing a day, and they try to make it up. You know, read two chapters or or whatever more. And but then after a while, they miss a few days, and they they feel guilty about it, and they just kind of give up on the idea. Mm -hmm. So so how do you avoid that happening?
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. You you start reading, and then you start feeling guilty, and then you give up. And well, I want to start with the guilt. There's no reason to feel guilty. That the question then is. What is motivating you to approach the word? So, if it is um, to to get to know the Lord, the Lord that you serve, to enjoy Him, to learn uh, uh, so that you can obey His commands, um, then y- you should feel joy <laughs> when you anytime you get into the word. And if you miss a day, quote unquote. Um, there is no law that says that you have to do you're you're approaching the word potentially legalistically in mm. other words you're trying to earn favor before the lord when you read and if that's what's motivating you you're always going to feel guilty you're mm. you're never going to measure up but if you g- approach the lord and his word knowing that it's a gift and it's by grace um and that you can enjoy them then then that's going to help you in the beginning so so that you want to be motivated by grace and a love for the lord okay so when you are then you aren't aren't going to feel guilty which which does lead you away from him <laughs> and not towards him <laughs> yeah. so then if if you do miss a day just start again it doesn't matter <laughs> because <laughs> if you don't fight legalism by not getting in his word. No, you fight legalism by learning about his grace and get in there, R- yeah. go towards him. And so that's what I would encourage someone is not to beat yourself up. This isn't a race. It isn't, you're not gonna win a, I mean, we there are prizes in heaven, right? We're gonna, lots hmm. of rewards in heaven, but we're not gonna, it's, it's because Jesus, right? So we're not gonna be, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you find out in March, you have missed, you've had this goal and you've missed it, Ask the Lord for strength to start again and then start again and yeah. trust him that He has um, he's going to teach you through his word and you don't have to um, be condemned or guilty. Just start again. Yeah. Ask him for strength. We can't do any. His word does say that we, apart from him, we can do nothing. So yeah. with that in mind, we want to ask for the strength and grace to keep going.
3: The question is, how do you avoid getting stuck in Leviticus? <laughs> if anybody's ever read it, they know what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I do think there's a few things. If you're reading, th- Leviticus using 52 weeks in the word. So using my my book, the plan that I have, you read it in one week and you're done. So woo, that's good. <laughs> so that's good news. You're, you're done in a week and if you can just get plow through, you'll be good. Um, Okay. Another thing, joking aside, it, that is true. You you have a week and then you can get to move on. But um, I think when we approach God the word thinking about, okay, what can we learn about God through the word? I think that would help Uh, reading all the laws and all the things that, that, um, (laughs) that you're going to be reading through you, you, it really highlights the grace of God. Jesus is like, if you Mm. think of Jesus while you're reading through those things and thank him, I think that's an that's an interesting approach to Mm. reading through Leviticus and if you think of God's kindness that he didn't hide his law (laughs) that he Mm. he provided that's a gift to them um that to me I think is also an interesting way to approach it so so I do think that if you kind of come even I I think it'd be interesting as you're reading to write down some of the the odd things that maybe maybe you could study later okay well why did Why did he command this why why that why what what would this look like today those those are just interesting ways to engage the text so it's not a passive reading um you're engaging and thinking through it but um with that said there are times when you just have to plow plow through there's lots of numbers or lots of odd sayings or things (laughs) i'm thinking of other places in the scripture um Mm -hmm. you you just have to keep reading and i i think I think it's okay for you. I also need everyone to hear this. <laughs> we all get bogged down at times, mm-hmm. where, yeah. um, and so there's that's it's okay, and you can just ask the Lord. Okay, I don't quite understand, or I don't know what I'm reading. Um, but can can you help me? Can you illuminate this to me? Um, you could also grab another tool and ask study study Bible or something to kind of help you understand what's what you're reading. That will help you keep going.
3: Yeah. Do you, do you have a favorite book in the Bible?
0: You know, that's such a great question. Um, that's hard also. <laughs> <laughs> I I love the book of Hebrews, which is interesting, in, in, even in light of the question about Leviticus, because we think about how Jesus is the better Adam, that Jesus fulfills the law and all of the things that you would need to understand about the Old Testament to get Hebrews, I think is such an interest. I love the, the book and how it helps us to learn about enduring in the faith and keeping going and it's, yeah, so rich and interesting. And I love the book of Romans and just so gospel centered and gospel rich and also you you see so clearly your need for Jesus. And and then I, I love Isaiah, which is interesting to me, but it I keep talking about Jesus, but <laughs> <laughs> but the <laughs> just the pro- prophecy you know of Jesus is um i think wonderful and and psalms i don't know who doesn't love the book of psalms but it um, gives us real language for lament and worship and delight and and um, praise and prayer. And it, so there's lots in there. Um, so that's more than one. But of course, John, who doesn't love the, that gospel? Anyways, I don't know. It's hard to pick yeah. one. It's like your child. I do not have a favorite mm. child and I can't. Yeah, you just can't pick right. one. So. Right. <laughs> well,
2: I got to yeah. ask you the same question then, Gary. Is there... Yeah. And maybe there are different seasons in your life when you know one book of the Bible is it means a little more to you. How would you answer yeah. that question?
3: Well, I probably spend more time in the Psalms mm-hmm. than any other single book. Just in just for my own personal, you know, because in the Psalms, you, you, the writers are expressing their own hearts. And you, I can identify with it so well, you know, if you're down, there's passages in there that just talk about being down, you know, if you've got opposition in your life, there's so many Psalms about that, you know. So yeah, just personally, I spend more time there. But I think in terms of, uh, you know, in my mind, uh, the most important, it would be be any of the Gospels, but one of the Gospels, Mm -hmm. because it's focusing on the life of Christ when God Became man, you know, and walked among us, and mm. and he reveals to us what God is like clearly. So, yeah, that that's kind of where I stand on that. Let me let me ask you this: I, I tell you, if a non-Christian said, uh, "I don't know anything about the Bible, but somebody's been telling me I should read it," where do you suggest I start?
0: What should I read first? There's probably so many different answers to that question. I have heard people who say, start in a gospel kind of like your faith because you do learn about the life of Jesus and it's just a rich place to start. I also think, and I've heard of people who start in Genesis and read it like a book, read through the scriptures and how mm-hmm. powerful that can be. I think that I think either would be fine. It would be interesting to know what you would think too but I believe I started in, it may have been John I would have started in a gospel, I think. Um, But I I just want to say this, I didn't do it alone. And I think that's kind of key. Now, I do think that people, you know, you hear of those radical stories where someone is in their hotel room, they grab the Bible and they read it and they become Christian. That is absolutely amazing and possible. And the Lord does it all the time. But it's if someone isn't a Christian, but they are interested in learning more, what better way than to grab an, someone who is a Christian and ask them, hey, will you read this with me? I want to go through it. And um, and I have done that. And it's mm-hmm. r- really powerful because it helps you understand what you believe, too. So I, I encourage that um, reading with yeah. someone.
2: Truly, I've heard people say the Gospel of Mark is a really great one to start with if you've never read the Bible because it's it's so quick, it's so fast, it's yeah. very... Uh, action-oriented. You see a lot of action verbs. You know, you learn what Jesus did. And from Mark's perspective, and I go back to the uh, Sunday school class that I had when I was a teenager, and there was a, a nursing professor at the local university who led these teenagers who didn't know a whole lot about the Bible. But we went through this little book on Ephesians, and I can still remember oh, yes. reading that first chapter of Ephesians and saying... I didn't know the depth. And you, you've got to think. You got to think about what the implications are of the things that that Paul is saying in Ephesians. So That was one of the books that really opened my eyes to how deep you could go with Scripture.
0: Yeah. Mm, I love that. Yes, I don't remember. First of all, what the language is? It go? I think Mark is something like go.
2: <laughs>
3: right. <laughs>
0: or there's some some repeated. <laughs> but with ephesians you're 100% right um that ephesians 1 is is it's all about being in Christ so what is it and all of the benefits of being in Christ and that so i i just think that if you ephesians is a great book a great book to start and then of course ephesians 2 is gospel <laughs> yeah i think i I quoted it when we first started because that to me was so rich understanding ephesians 2 8 through 10 uh for by grace you've been saved through faith and and i i didn't quite get that and then the rest of the chapter understanding how we're then united as a people and then understanding how we should live it out and walk it out so i i could see how um that would just be such a rich text to
1: start in thanks for joining us today for building relationships with dr gary chapman author of the new york times bestseller the five love languages You can find out more about your love language or our featured resource by going to buildingrelationships.us. You can listen to the stream or download the podcast right there and find the link to the book by author Trillian Newbell. Her book is 52 Weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. Find out more at buildingrelationships.us. Just go to buildingrelationships.us.
3: Julia, we're talking about reading the Bible daily, ideally daily, reading through the Bible, and your book is designed to help a person do that. Are there habits that we can build into our lives that help us read the Bible on a regular basis?
0: Yes. Okay, so I, I am a creature of habit. In other words, if I start a habit, I typically stick with it and if I break a habit, I also stick with it <laughs> like exercise right now so if if one of the things that I have done is um, and this is this may sound a little over the top for someone um, is it's my first thing so I wake up if I'm in the morning if it becomes my first thing, then it helps me. Now, not everyone's a morning person. Not everyone can get up at 5 a.m. and that be their first thing. Um, a lot of people have kids, babies. I have uh, teenagers now, so it's a little different. My life looks different. But if that can be some kind of, it's in a part of your daily rhythm, um, maybe it's the first thing you do when you go to, go to bed. Or the last thing you do when you go to bed or maybe it's your lunch break whatever it is that kind of daily rhythm where it's a part of your life i think um helps build a habit of going to it um and so that's mine is it's it's making it a part of my daily rhythm another thing and it, this could be for someone who just needs they need that prompt, you can put it in your schedule, you can literally put it in your calendar. Mm. Today, this is what I'm going to read and your can you get that calendar calendar update? And it's a reminder, Oh, right now, I'm going to read now. And I want to encourage people because I know it sounds very task oriented. But if your heart is Oh, I really long to be with the Lord. And I just need that prompt that reminder, it's then 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 that's that be be at peace with that. I think it's um, okay to have a prompt or something to help you as a way to remind you that this is your this you can't, you need, you need him, you need him. Um, And so if that's your, your way of reminding, then do it. It's totally fine. Um, So those are just two ways.
3: Yeah. And I think for anyone that really says, I'd like to do this. I like the I like the idea. Put it in the schedule, you know. Just put it on your schedule. So put
0: it in there. All right.
3: Yeah. Now, in the in this book, the the book you've written, the one we're talking about today, uh, you see yourself and call, actually call yourself an accountability partner with the reader. It's just not that they're just reading this book you with God, but you you're kind of walking with them through this. So how how do you use this book as a guide?
0: Yeah. It has a Bible reading plan in it, and the Bible reading plan goes from Genesis to Revelation. It's a straight read through the scriptures. So it's not a, you don't hop around and it's not chronological. It's a straight read through. So Genesis to Revelation. And each week, you have what you're going to be reading that week, and Um, Every day you have your, your reading and you have places where you can write. That's how it helps kind of keep you accountable because every, you always have the prompt. This is what I'm supposed to read and then I can write. And then I have three questions to help you just so you can be thinking as you're reading. Um, but that's how it's accountability. It, it gives you what you need every single day. The Also the good news is is if, for example, you've just read that week long of Leviticus and your brain is tired. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you really you really are like, I need some something new and and different. You can skip to a different week. And maybe you you decide, you know what, I really, really want to read a gospel for for a couple of weeks, or um, then you might jump to a different week. It's very user-friendly in that way. But the goal is is that you have something to help guide you and keep you in the word. It also has charts and Fifty-two reflections, and so I give reflections so that people can think through the the what they've read, or it's a devotional, or you can uh, use it to help you for your rest day. You can um, sit in it longer, or or do something like that. So, so I'm a cheerleader in accountability because I'm not teaching you throughout the whole. I am teaching. There's lots of teaching because of the the um, fifty-two reflections, but it's not a daily. Where I'm teaching, I'm more of a, keep going, you can do this, Here, here's some prompts to help you, here's some space to write.
3: Yeah. Now let me get personal with you, Trillium. What's been your own experience of reading the Bible? You know, like through in a year or years or whatever. Uh, what is your journey uh, in reading and studying the Bible looked like through the years?
0: yeah well it's it's looked differently um during different seasons um there was a if you want to get real personal i i there was a season when i was uh struggling with miscarriages and so i have had four miscarriages and i remember after my second one i couldn't get myself i was so so sad i i couldn't get myself to that daily reading rhythm wasn't something I, my brain could do. I just, I was so yeah. sad. So I remember just in being and laying in bed and the Lord was so kind to me that he reminded me of stuff that I had already read. So I I, I remembered, oh, the Lord, he draws near to the brokenhearted. He, he understands mm-hmm. right now he cares for me. Um, I don't have to fear. He is with me. Um, He's holding me up by his righteous right hand. And so there were these these texts that would come to mind. Well, that's because I had been pouring myself in. I had been reading. And so the Lord in his kindness was reminding me the stuff about his his word and his character, though I wasn't reading, Um, because Mm -hmm. it had been something that I had been Diving in years prior, and and so I'm, I I will never forget that season because I needed him so badly, and he was near to my broken heart, but I wasn't I wasn't pouring over scripture. I would read a text here and I'd read a text there, but most of it was just me on my face crying out, yeah. and he would just remind me of his character, and yeah. so that was a season where I just I was thankful that. I had already prepared for that trial through reading. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The fairy trial did not surprise me. It would just mm-hmm. it was painful. And so I had been reading through his word. Okay, Then I've had seasons where I remember this one season where every day I woke up at 5 a.m. and I would just pour over for an hour. And <laughs> it was... Wonderful. It was such a rich mm-hmm. season of just being in his word. And and you should not, I, I should say this loud and clear, do not approach the word thinking that you're going to come away with a spiritual high. You just won't like <laughs> there's going to be seasons like that. Well, that was my season. That was my spiritual high season. Most of the time I do not have those, you know, oh, <laughs> I'm on a cl- cloud nine <laughs> season. But that yeah. was rich. That was such a good season. So, so I have had everything in between. I have of course had times when i it was difficult for me to get into the Word um because of busyness so i would I would listen to the scriptures on walks or i would I would do something to help help me um stay in the Word, so to speak, but I wouldn't have had those hour long times of yeah. of meditating and being there so so yeah, lots of different journeys and different seasons but God has always been, He's been so faithful. He's been so faithful yeah. to to guide me and to be with me, which keeps me running to His Word.
3: Yeah, and one of the things I heard you saying is that because you have been walking this journey and reading the Word, when you do get in times in which, in which physically or emotionally, you just are so depleted, you, you can't do that. You don't feel like reading. God brings back those passages that you've read before, yeah. and uses them to speak to you. Yeah, I remember my wife uh, going through the cancer journey, and uh, she was, you know, at the place where she could hardly eat, eat anything and hardly do anything mm-hmm. at all. But there were some scriptures that she had put on this on the refrigerator years or months before, and. She would read those scriptures, you know, just from the refrigerator and just really, really spoke to her, you know. So God has a way of, of bringing us back when we're going through those hard times. Yeah.
1: This is Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Five Love Languages. Trillian Newbell is our guest today, the author of our featured resource. It's titled, 52 Weeks in the Word, a companion for reading through the Bible in a year. You can find out more at buildingrelationships.us. Again, go to buildingrelationships.us.
3: Trillia, obviously you have done a lot of study. You've been in the Word a long time to even be able to write this book. Now, as you were going through and reading the Scriptures again and writing this book, is there a book in the Bible that kind of surprised you as you were writing your thoughts from that book?
0: Yes. And it's so funny. I, I was just sitting here thinking, um, I'm going to get, I, I, I'm i like, it, was it Obadiah? <laughs> I can't remember. That. <laughs> I, it was a minor prophet. And I'm like, I can't for the life of me. I'm like, I just, the, the name of the, which is really funny. I And I hope that it also encourages people. Sometimes you forget what you've read. Um, yeah, but one of the things that surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, I think, I can't remember which Minor prophet, it was, but mm-hmm. they're in it in the text. Um, the prophet <laughs> he is yeah. referring to the situation, um, in such a way that I realized, oh, in order to fully get this, you, you need to know Genesis. And that to me, I think it was because I, I was reading and I felt found myself confused. I was like, now, mm. wait a minute, what is he? Is he talking about Israel? What is he talking about? Who is he talking about? Is this the I couldn't quite figure it out but then you go back and you read about the families in Genesis and you realize oh that's what that's what it, this the prophet's referring to which it it was just a fresh reminder these books in the Bible aren't these um kind of disjointed random texts kind of <laughs> all put together but there's a there's a storyline there's a yeah there's a connection, mm. and it all m- makes sense together. And so that, to me, I think was not it. It was a surprise, but it was also mm. a good reminder. And um, yeah. and I point that out, and I write about it in the reflection, even though I'm I'm really laughing at myself that I can't yeah. remember which one it was.
3: <laughs> I, I identify with that. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> like uh, what was I reading? I don't know. <laughs>
3: yeah. Was there someone in your life that really influenced you uh, to to love and study the Bible?
0: You know, I think it probably was the gal who shared the gospel with me when I was nineteen. So the gospel was shared with me when I was nineteen, and then it didn't become i didn't I didn't give my life to the Lord until age twenty two. And she would just continually meet with me and share the gospel again, and then meet with me and share the gospel again. But she loved Jesus so much. So much, I remember thinking, "Wow, I I want to know what she knows. I I want to mm. love. I want to know why she is so in love with Jesus." And so that, to me, I think led me to- towards um, reading reading the Bible. But then there were two gals who I met with um, who became they were our, became my accountability partners. At first, I think one of them was kind of discipling me but then as we grew and grew in our love for each other it was clear that oh we should be accountability partners and we all were accountability partners for years and years
1: Mm. but
0: she also just loved god's word and so it's it was these young really young women who were eager they, they eager to share their life with me and to share God with and it shared the gospel mm. with me that led me to a hunger for him I, I wanted to know him um and so which it's it's really uh I don't know it's inspiring that we can do the ordinary thing <laughs> Be, mm-hmm. if we can we can do that for someone else we can just do the ordi- ordinary thing of loving Jesus and getting in his word and talking about him and see how it tra- it it could really um transform Other people's lives like the Lord can use that example to draw people to himself. And that's that's what happened. I just was hungry because I saw these young women get in the word.
3: Yeah. The example of others power of that. Yeah. How do you avoid, uh, if you're, particularly if you're a young Christian, how do you avoid misinterpreting verses or taking them out of context and, and and making them say things that really the verse was not saying?
0: Yeah. Okay. So that I think that takes a lot of Bible reading and training and learning how to study. So if you're thinking about okay, what is the context? What you're going to observe who would have been the first hearers or readers of this text then then i think that that helps you what was the writer's intent that helps you not to take it out of context there's this silly meme that says something like i can do all things through a text taken out of context or something like, i can do all things through god who <laughs> gives you strength right so so we can so we want to be real careful as we're reading, but th- one of the dangers in, um, in even what I'm saying is that it can it can also cause people to be afraid of just reading and getting it wrong. So read the text, and then you can ask someone like a friend or or commentary or a study Bible or other people who've studied Hebrew and Greek, <laughs> um, mm. and and learn from other people. There's so many tools out there that. That we can can learn and grow, and of course use the Bible to interpret the Bible, um, cross yeah. cross reference, ask ask questions of the text in the text. But we're going to get it wrong sometimes, and um, we just want to make sure that that it's not that we're not adding to the Scriptures, not adding to the gospel. That we're mm-hmm. reading it as um, as well as we can, handling the text as well as we can, and. Asking good questions and using resource, other resources if we need to, but the Bible can interpret the Bible. So, um, doing those the hard work of cross-referencing and, and looking at those little numbers <laughs> in your Bible mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. trying to read, you know, go to the, what it's referencing, I think will help us um, as we're studying and yeah. reading the text.
3: Julia, you alluded to this a little bit, but what happens when you study the Bible with other people? I know that in the common church setting today, there are lots of women's Bible studies, men's Bible studies. What's the value of that?
0: Listening to this podcast, I think I've referred to either people helping me or people showing me or reading this tool or all of these different things because we really do need one another. And the scriptures say that there's it's filled with how we need to encourage one another, not neglect meeting together as Hebrews 10 um, instructs. Um, and so there's there's lots and lots of reasons why we can benefit. We'll benefit from other people's perspective. We'll benefit from other people's questions. Um, and so I think that um, studying in a group it only is going to sharpen each we're going to sharpen each other we're going to be able to help people apply the word um we're going to it's it's growing together and learning together is is really rich and i yeah. have been in the habit of doing it so I, so there's lots of reasons why but i do think one of the biggest ones is that we need each other we need to encourage one another and we are we were never meant to walk out this christian walk alone and so I think we we want to keep that in mind as we're studying and fellowshipping with one another, that it's it's a benefit to to learn with the body of Christ.
3: You know, as I look back on my life, I really realize that I have grown most in my journey with Christ when I have been in a small Bible study group with other people. Yeah. There's just something about that that uh, we're you know, some are further along than I am, you know, and some are uh, have insights on particular things that I don't have. It's just that's just, and maybe that's why God set it up that way. He said get together, <laughs> get together as His children, and discuss these issues. Well, Choya, I want to thank you not only for being on our program today with us, because I think uh, hopefully our listeners are going to get the idea here's a book that's going to help me individually in my journey and for the time that you put into this thing because this is a book that is well done so uh, thank you for what you've done and i hope our listeners will reach out and get this book because i think it's going to help you in your journey uh, of walking through the whole of the bible uh, through the course of the year
0: thank you so much
2: WHAT A MOTIVATING CONVERSATION TODAY WITH TRILLIA NEWBELL AND IF YOU WANT TO FIND OUT ABOUT OUR FEATURED RESOURCE JUST GO TO THE WEBSITE BUILDINGRELATIONSHIPS.US. THE BOOK IS 52 WEEKS IN THE WORD, A COMPANION FOR READING THROUGH THE BIBLE IN A YEAR. FIND OUT MORE AT BUILDINGRELATIONSHIPS.US. AND NEXT WEEK,
3: NANCY DEMOS WILL TELL US WHY THE PHRASE HEAVEN RULES IS IMPORTANT TO BELIEVE.
1: Don't miss the conversation in one week. A big thank you to our production team, Steve Wick and Janice Backing. Building Relationships with Dr. Gary Chapman is a production of Moody Radio in association with Moody Publishers, a ministry at Moody Bible Institute. Thanks for listening.